KYW Original Podcasts. So, Jim, how how long have have they been here? Yeah, so 2014, it's hard to believe it's been five years, but 2014, they were first spotted in Berks County, and then it was literally the next year, it was like it, the invasion. They were, they were there, and they were everywhere. Do we know how they got here? Uh, no, not really. We just know that they spread quickly because they will lay their eggs on anything. You know, if it were in a shipping container in Asia and ends up in Berks County... You know, so I, I don't think there's ever been a specific explanation of how it got here. Uh, we just know how quickly they spread from there. Man, there's no way this is gonna. This is the dumbest. <laughs> <laughs> from KYW News Radio in Philadelphia, this is Scroll Down. I'm Tom Rickard. Today on the podcast, think of them maybe as little like plant vampires because they're sucking the life forces of the plant. Thinks Fairmount Park could be in for some rough times. Billions of dollars in damages to plants and crops. I think the, the problem's going to get worse before it gets better. The spotted lanternfly is in Pennsylvania. Their numbers have exploded over the past couple of weeks. It's super apparent. Like, you walk on the street and there they are. So far, it's only natural predators are humans who enjoy squishing bugs. And we're losing. Technically, I am a serial killer. I've been serial killing these things, right? But not everyone has given up all hope. How many of these did you set up and kind of... Well, I, let me ask you, when did you realize, like, it works? Some of our best and brightest are working to beat back our insect invaders. And maybe, just maybe, the humans have a secret weapon waiting in the wings. It was like Christmas morning, like, running out and be like, did it catch anything? Because instead of having... Is there Christmas presents under the tree? I was like, is there any spot land flies caught in my trap? A 14-year-old inventor working on a plan to save the world from her home base about 30 miles northwest of Philadelphia. That was definitely really cool. But yeah. Jim Melwert's back with us on Scroll Down. He's the Suburban Bureau Chief at KYW News Radio. Jim, tell me about the spotted lanternfly. So the spotted lanternfly is an invasive species. It comes from Asia, and it does not have any natural predators here. Unclear exactly how it got here, but because it has no natural predators, it just lays eggs and spreads like crazy. Now, the reason, one of the reasons that uh, that nothing wants to eat it is because it has, when it spreads its wings, it has a red kind of back. They're, they're actually, they're neat looking. The, the coloring and everything, they weren't so annoying. But because it has that red, that red is an alert to predators to say, don't eat me because I'm either going to make you sick or I'm going to taste terrible. And interesting, I talked to uh, uh, Dr. Chris Tipping from Delval University. He was one of the first people that I interviewed on this years ago. And he was curious, does the diet make the spotted lanternfly taste bad to predators if it's on uh, eating hops or a maple tree or something else would it taste different and all in the name of research dr tipping actually ate a spotted lanternfly to see how it tasted and it apparently does not taste good and i'll take his word for it you took a little trip recently and you met a really remarkable person can you introduce me there 
Yeah, this was a fun one. This is 14-year-old Rachel Berge. But yeah, this is my project, and it's called Spotland Fly Stick'em or Trick'em. She's homeschooled, and uh, she lives on, on sort of a farm, of a rural property in Harleysville, uh, where they have 80-some maple trees. So you can imagine that something that feeds on trees is a problem on her property. Right. So how, how did she first become acquainted with the spotted lantern fly? Well, on this property, and I got to tell you, just pulling down their driveway, it was so idyllic. Just a beautiful property. It looks like a great place to grow up as a kid. There's a pond where she likes to fish. There are trees that she can climb. And she, so she spends a lot of time outdoors and spends a lot of time in those trees. And one of the jokes, her, her mom kind of said that they were watching the news one day and they saw this story about this invasive a bug that's 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 here called spotted lanternflies and she's like oh yeah there are a bunch of them out in the trees and, uh, so, so she had seen them here in 2017 and then the numbers of them really exploded in 2018 i later found out there were spotted lanternflies and they could possibly be killing our trees and so I was like, we need to find a way to eliminate this. So she was kind of familiar about the uh, spotted lantern fly, maybe before before many of us were, because she spent so much time outside up in those trees. So in eighth grade, uh, there is an opportunity to enter a science fair competition. And so she gets in the science fair project, and she has to come up with an idea. She was trying to think of something that affected her, and they'd been trying to deal with these these spotted lantern flies, and one of the things they used was that yellow sticky tape, and it wasn't really working. It became full really quickly, and when it did become full, other spotted lantern flies could climb on the backs of the other ones and then just get right back up the tree. Um, another problem was it caught many other insects that could be beneficial to the tree and the ecosystem, and so I really wanted to eliminate that. I discovered that in order for it to be fully effective, it would have to be replaced every two days. And that still is going to be catching many other insects. And it's not really realistic to have to be replacing the tape every two days, especially with how many trees we have. And it's, I mean, everybody is dealing with these. Like, yes. you know, and we don't have as many trees as you have. But, but the tape is, you know, like you said, not only other bugs, but it can catch other animals. Yeah, we caught a bird one time. And I was like, yeah, there has to be another way. So she started this science fair project. And basically I was trying to figure out a way that we could most effectively catch the spotted lanternflies by using their natural instinct against them. She pulled out all these things uh, that, that didn't work, all these designs that she, she had. Basically they went, to, they went to a home improvement store and just walked around and she threw everything in the cart that she could think of that might work. I tried then testing that where I painted the trunk of the tree with white paint because I heard of farmers in the south where they would um, paint the bases of their trees with white latex paint because it still allows the tree to breathe. But the reason they would do that is because it created a protective barrier on the tree trunk. I wondered if that would help keep the spotted lanternflies from eating at the tree. Again, just like a glimpse at how her mind works. It was just, it was really fun to kind of watch her show me all these different things that didn't work, like you know, black foam that she tried to cut, and and uh, to the point where where her mom told me that she was kind of like, all right, really, like. Is, this is a lot. Like so there was a lot of trial and error, almost to the point of, is this worth it anymore? Because we're doing so many things, and none of these things seem to be working. They noticed that they seem to be attracted to darker surfaces. She sat there literally for hours and just observed 
how the spotted lanternflies work, how the spotted lanternflies move. When they're climbing up the trunk of the tree, they want to go up and not down. And so I decided that was the instinct I wanted to use against them to try and trap them. And, and the neatest thing about this is so much of this research is her own. And it, you know, there, it may be out there somewhere else, but we don't know much about the spotted lanternfly because it's not from here. I did a science fair experiment before where if I really wanted to know the answer, I could have just looked it up on the internet. This felt a lot like I was actually helping to make a difference because I was finding out more information that wasn't actually something that was you could just look up online. That was kind of the key thing for, for her research was noticing that instinctual desire, whatever it is, they will always go up. They don't go down, they always climb up the tree. And that was what she based everything on. How can she design something that uses that natural instinct of going up to catch them? Did we know about that before Rachel discovered this? <laughs> you know, it's funny you ask that because I've done a lot of stories, talked to a lot of people, and and maybe I just never asked that question. But no, I didn't. I didn't hear that. And that was uh, some of the things that she told me. You know, again, we, this is five years now that we've been dealing with this, and, and you know, the last three or four years, pretty heavily. Yeah, I'd, I'd never heard anyone mention that before. So, she keeps on trying things, and keeps on trying things, and then, and then she was she was using this very high-tech method of wrapping tinfoil around a tree. And, and one of the problems was she couldn't find anything that really conformed because every tree trunk obviously is different. So she couldn't find anything that could, could conform to the tree that could stop the spotted lanternfly from climbing up, that, that made that completely impervious barrier. So she started using tinfoil. And how long did it take you to come up with this kind of design? Did it, did it take you a few tries? or? Did... Oh, yes. It <laughs> took many trials and errors. And then... One day I was out there and I had put tinfoil around the tree. And she says it was an accident. She accidentally made a hole where she'd used a clothespin to kind of connect the two ends of the tinfoil. And one of the spotted lanternflies got through. And the way that she says it, she's like, Ugh. Oh, it got through. And I'm like, wait, it got through. And so that's basically where I got the idea that I could have everything closed off around the perimeter of the tree except for one tunnel that would lead into the bag which would collect them. And so the biggest thing with my design, my trap, is that it uses their natural instinct to go up against them because they want to go up and not down. And you hear it all the time in inventions. You know, Thomas Edison, you know, uh, I, think, I think that's how they invented rubber, right? Like it was a mistake. But for her to have the awareness that that mistake is the entryway into, uh, you know, literally and figuratively here, uh, into the trap. And that, that's kind of the way that she built the tunnel that the spotted lanternfly goes through to get caught in the mesh. So describe her invention. Describe the thing that, that actually ended up working at trapping these lanternflies. Sure. It's, a, it's a, a tinfoil barrier that she wraps around the tree and then it kind of folds out so that there's no way that the, the spotted lanternfly can climb up over it, almost like an umbrella where it, it tilts down so that the lanternfly climbs up into that and then it can't get around it. So it's going to want to keep going up so it keeps trying to go around. They can't keep going up except to go through this tunnel through here. Um, and it has a black duct tape runway, as I like to call it, because I noticed that they seem to be attracted to darker surfaces. And so when they go on that, they go through this tunnel right here, 
and then that tunnel leads into this netting bag and so once they're in here they're stuck because the only way to get out is to go down and they only want to go up and not down and when they do go down it's only for about like six to eight inches before they go straight back up again and so after about being here for about 24 hours they die she says they they tend to die within 24 hours and and i asked her kind of why because that seems you know does she have any ideas? And and of course she does because she she's kind of she kind of has ideas about everything. I have two guesses. I think it's either because when they're in here, like you can see, they have no ability to get to the tree. It can't eat from the tree. It's totally closed off. And then another reason might be that when they're in the tree, they usually huddle when it's cold out together on the branches. And so we're thinking that it might be because they're cold. And so when they're in here, they can't exactly huddle as much. All the research that's out there says that spotted lanternflies can survive one or two frosts. They can survive cold temperatures. So what she wonders is, do they survive those cold temperatures by kind of huddling together and massing together? And if they're caught in the mesh, they can't huddle together, and so they can't, the, the cold temperature affects them more quickly. And, and that's a theory, you know, she, she doesn't have any research to back that up, but it's just one of her ideas that she, she kind of like to look more into. But it's really nice because we don't have to do anything to kill them. Just wait until they're dead and then they fall down here and then just empty them out. Right, so no chemicals or no, no something bad for anything else? Yeah. So her research found that her trap catches 103% more lanternflies than the sticky tape and 94% fewer other insects. Yeah, that's cooler than any of my science fair projects. Oh, it's way cooler. I mean, I think my coolest one was probably that baking soda volcano that everyone did and you know it was also you know the night before but right <laughs> so she she had a remarkably successful experiment for her science fair project how how did she do in the science fair she started out at the county level in montgomery county and, and she won there and that moved her on to drexel's del val science fair which is a regional science fair, and to her surprise, she also won there. And so now she's just one of 30 students from across the country who will take part at uh, Broadcom Masters Competition. That's in Washington, D.C. And again, just 30 students from across the country are invited to that. So it's a pretty exclusive club that she's she's gotten into. And, and, and talking to her mom, uh, her, her mom, you know, just the opportunities that it, that it's open for her, the people that she's met, the researchers that she's been able to, to, to talk to and the energy, the passion, the pride in both her and her mom. It, it was really fun to talk to both of them. And when can I buy one of these spotted lanternfly tree trap hugger killers? So they have a, a, a patent on it right now that kind of gives them a year to figure it out. So it protects the idea for one year. Uh, and then, you know, they'll go from there. And, and she acknowledges that, look, there's a lot here that needs to be done. I mean, this is tinfoil clothespins and nettings. And she says, like, look, if people see this and it helps them catch and kill spotted lanternflies and it saves their trees or makes their property better, then, then she's perfectly okay. happy with it. Have you thought about, like, where this goes from here or a product that you can market? Or, or I would definitely love for this to help other people and help save their trees. Um, I would say this... The I like to call it the tinfoil netting trap. It's for people that have a few trees that they want to save because it's great for getting a lot of them off the tree. We're that's still in its infancy stages, I would say, because it's definitely not ready to market. 
but it's definitely farther than what we started with and I'm really happy and how it's turned out so far. And, and I should mention that after we aired this story, I got several more emails than I've ever gotten on a story on, on people who wanted to get in touch with her. Uh, one was a, a teacher in New Jersey, an elementary school teacher in New Jersey, who was interested in having her come talk to her class. Uh, another was somebody who said they, they helped design and bring these products to market. And they were interested in reaching out to see if they could help them. Um, so that's also been really fun about this, too, is kind of the, the response that we've gotten from our listeners uh, and from our readers that kind of wanted to, to learn more about her and either have her come talk or, or maybe help her, you know, get this to the next level. All right. Well, we're definitely going to tweet out uh, the video that you took of Rachel's invention from our Twitter account. You can follow it at scroll down pod. Uh, Jim, you have you have all the the links to the article and pictures and videos on uh, on your stuff. Where are you online? Uh, you can find me uh, Jim Melward on Facebook and also at J Melward on Twitter. And uh, of course, all of this is also on our website at uh, kywnewsradio.com. Just Google uh, Rachel Berge and you'll find it. Jim, this was such a fun story. I I loved everything about it. Rachel's great. Thank you so much for bringing it to scroll down. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And, and, and yeah, the Bergies were fantastic in this. It was so much fun talking to them and wish them the best of luck going forward. If you go to the show notes for this episode, you can find a link to Jim's original article about Rachel. There are videos of Rachel showing him the lantern fly trap. We tried to explain it as best we could over a podcast, but you really have to see the pictures and the video to get a really good idea of what this thing looks like and how cool it is. Scroll Down is hosted and produced in the KOW News Radio studios in Philadelphia. If you like the show, if you like listening, if it provides some kind of value to you, I'd really appreciate if you could do me a favor. Go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen that lets you leave a review and write something about Scroll Down. That's the number one thing you can do to help us out and help more people find out about the show. Maybe there's someone out there who really needs a spotted lanternfly trap. Probably a lot of people in Pennsylvania. If you do leave a rating and a review, let me know about it so I can thank you in person on the internet. I'm on Twitter at T-Rick, T-E-E-R-I-C-K. I'm Tom Rickert. Thanks for listening to Scroll Down. I'll talk to you again next time.